Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwynn, and the Insider Crew. Hello, everyone. It's episode 90. Manny and I are sitting here in the office. Uh, we're recording this just before the holidays, Thanksgiving holiday. And uh, by the time you hear this, it will be after the Thanksgiving holiday. And hopefully uh, you guys had a great uh, few days. I know uh, I look forward to Thanksgiving quite a bit, but unfortunately, I'm not even going to be around with my family this year. Um, but at the table, I have Manny and myself. It's quite intimate. Uh, we have Robert at the controls, and we've got a lot to talk about. Everything from uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, 963, uh, um, Monty, crazy Monty car that just came out, uh, talk about Porsche production changes and updates and uh, depreciation of cars and who's the uh, the number one lead in depreciation. So we'll get to all that. But um, Manny, some Black Friday trivia. Any idea the origin of that? Yes, because I was in retail for like a decade. And Black Friday was when uh, all the accounting books went from the red into the black. That's why it got its name. It's when I am impressed that you know that. <clears throat> However, you're wrong. Well, you're not totally wrong. So the the term Black Friday actually came about initially in 1869 when there was a crash of the gold market on a Friday, uh, September of 1869, and it was sort of a a negative term for a while. And in the 1950s. The city of Philadelphia also experienced chaos after Thanksgiving, and the term Black Friday came about again. But the time when you were in retail, and I think this is why you know it as the way you described, is in 1985, Black Friday, the retailers reinvented the term, and as you said, where they were operating in the red up until that point, and at the beginning of the holidays, that's when they were getting into the profit area term black friday so yeah. i worked for macy's for a long time and black friday wasn't anywhere near as busy as when we would have what was called our one day sales which was uh usually once a month maybe mm -hmm. and uh of course we'd always get the phone call how long is your one day sale <laughs> i think i think macy's i think came up with that because they're famous for their one day sale yeah and then they got greedy and they started having a one day sale like every week and, <laughs> uh, and they kind of lost its impact but that one day sale what we would do at each, at least our store would do over a million dollars, which was a lot back then. Of course, this is before online sales and whatnot. So people would literally wait in line outside the store for the doors to open because they would always have some kind of loss leader yeah. that everyone wanted. Uh, but Black Friday was not as busy uh, as uh, you would think. Um, but people would always say, well, I'm going to come back December 24th. And that's when things really go on sale. Mm -hmm. And I would try to explain to them that there's nothing left. December 24th because they're not restocking. It's like, uh, nine o'clock at, at a uh, fried chicken place. They're yeah. not making more fried chicken. They're, right, right. They don't want to get stuck with fried chicken. So the same thing with stores because in January, it's traditionally inventory month because mm -hmm. it's a slow month. So everyone got rid of, uh, everything they could by Christmas Eve. So lesson learned. Don't wait until Christmas Eve to try to find a good deal. So in the, in the late nineties, two thousands, were you like me where I would look at the paper? or the leaflets that would come through the mail for Black Friday sales. And I would go through and kind of circle 
all the amazing deals. And I think back then, a lot of the amazing deals were computers and TVs. And I, I think the earliest I've ever lined up at a Black Friday sale was going to Best Buy at like two in the morning, standing in line outside. I think after 10 years of uh, retail, I was so traumatized that I never... You never did that? No, my wife did it with uh, yeah. our daughter and her cousin. I think they, they, they did it a few times, but... Uh, no, I um. I think it's. I think it's. I don't know. I haven't done it in a while, but I think it's less dangerous now because when you didn't have that, you didn't really have that online option. I mean, I remember the lines wrapping around the Best Buy, and when the doors open, you know, it was like a flood of people, and I think people even got injured and stuff. And then when you went in, you just started grabbing stuff that you didn't even need, and then you kind of figured out what you were actually going to buy, you know, half an hour later. <laughs> Craziness. Yeah, no, it's uh, a lot of stores now I see are actually not opening like on holidays. Mm. Remember, they used to open on Thanksgiving the yeah, whole day. Yeah, absolutely. And there was enough uproar where they uh, decided uh, not everyone, some still open up, but um, a lot of them say they're, they're staying closed. Good for them because it was kind of like the ugly side of society. Like, you know, it started as, oh, we're going to open on Friday and it got earlier and earlier. And next thing you know, you were eating thanksgiving on thursday and you know maybe wrapping up at 9 p.m and then you go out and wait in the middle of the <laughs> so my daughter's coffee shop she sent an email saying um hey i just want to take a poll if we open on, on uh thanksgiving morning would anybody be interested in working totally mm -hmm. optional yeah. just, just taking a survey i think she said everyone replied yes essentially they wanted to get away from the family Okay, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> they were all like, "Yes, I'll work." So uh, she's not working. Uh, I think she's doing a five k. But uh, good for her. Their staff was it's fully staffed for the morning at the coffee shop. So. Good, good. So I heard you did some fun stuff with the Chesapeake region, uh, a region social. Yeah, Steve and Marsha Bus, who uh, are just incredible social shares. Steve's going to be president next year of the region. Um, they have something planned at least once a month, and this time we uh, went back to Guinness Brewery, which is right outside of. Baltimore City. I think it is technically in Baltimore. And down City. the street from BWI Airport. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not too uh, pretty easy, easily accessible. Um, I don't think they. Did they still brew? brew no, they don't. Uh, they closed the brewing. Yeah, side I think of it. the brewing site yeah. got closed, but the uh, restaurant and everything's still there. Um, so uh, we met on Saturday uh, around eleven o'clock. There was about maybe forty some cars. Uh, a lot of us were at Cars and Coffee in the morning at uh, Hunt Valley Cars and Coffee, so we just shut down the road uh, 30 minutes away down to here, and uh, we filled up their whole uh, one section of the uh, of their dining room with, oh, nice. uh, with Porsche people. And is the food good there? I've never been there before. What kind of food is it? Is it like pub food? <sighs> yeah, I wouldn't write home about the food, uh -huh. what you expect, I guess, at a bar. Yeah. Um, it's really strange in the sense that uh, you order every – it's a cashless uh, restaurant. Mm-hmm. Which is fine for you. You never mm -hmm. carry cash. <laughs> I never carry uh, cash. Um, and you order everything through a uh, your phone, a oh. website. Okay. So you uh, there's no wait waiter that comes around mm. until the food's delivered. Then the waitress or waiter comes around to deliver. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would like the old traditional way where a waiter just comes up and get your I, order. I think and, and they're a little bit too techy or maybe cheap oh. doing that. Um, the food's all right. It's nothing to. Nothing I'd criticize, but nothing I write hope. It would be like a five out of ten. Okay, okay. So I didn't do much car stuff, except for I do have a question for the audience that's listening. Um, 
let me be a proud dad for the moment. So my daughter, who graduates this uh, this December, uh, a semester early from college, she has already accepted her first big girl job. And um, part of the, uh, the, the position is she's actually going to have a little bit of a commute. I don't know if we talked about this uh, before, but she's got uh, three days in the office that she's going to commute from Columbia to McLean, which is about 45, 45, 50 minutes without traffic and probably an hour to an hour 15. Say, that's all traffic with traffic. Related. And right now she, uh, we left her, uh, Acura MDX to, to Jason in Utah and she's, you know, putzing around in Jason's 400 some thousand mile Corolla. So of course we are looking for a uh, new car for her or new or maybe like a CPO car. So here's our criteria if you can help me out. So Justine's looking for something that's automatic. Um, she loves a manual, but realizing that she's going to be sitting in traffic for three days a week, um, she's going to opt for an automatic. She wants something that is all-wheel drive in case she runs into bad weather. Um, she has to have room in the back for an 82-pound uh, lab pit. So I think it's going to be sort of a compact SUV kind of a thing. Uh, she is sort of traumatized by having to put premium in the MDX. So she's adamant about this car has to have regular or be able to accept regular gas. And I think the budget, she's not happy with it, but I think the budget is probably about 30, 30 K. So with those requirements, what would you recommend, um, new and or, uh, CPO? Cause I want something that I don't have to worry about. Tesla model three rear wheel drive. You missed all-wheel drive, though. She, needs uh, it for she doesn't need all-wheel drive. She, oh, she well, I guess no, she, she, doesn't. She, yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't. You know, she I, needs uh, snow, winter, snow, tires. winter tires. If yeah. I could drive to Columbia 45 minutes yeah. in my Z3, which has absolutely no weight in the rear, yeah. on winter tires for the past 10 years, I've driven that as a daily driver. In the I, actually, I actually did, did suggest that for her, but she is uh, absolutely against it. Don't ask me why. We won't go into it, but she just, nope. That's us. Yeah, screams her name is yeah. <laughs> uh, a Tesla. So, anyways, if you guys can help me out, I appreciate it. Um, speaking of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, uh, Jim Hemig, our marketing director, put together what we do uh, annually is a holiday gift guide. And Manny, I don't know if you took a look at it, but uh, is there something on there? Is this being printed somewhere? Oh, uh, we're online? gonna we're gonna email it to all of our members, but not. I looked at the layout. I thought it was going to be in Pano or something. No, nope, no, nope, laid out. Nope. It's um, just going to be emailed to everyone. I uh, well, since you told us, I uh, well, I just noticed that nine seventeen there's such scoops. I've never <laughs> seen that before. Oh, see it? Yeah. Huh. I wonder what race that was from. Um. So we have everything from um, hardware to trips to car stuff to lifestyle stuff toys and everything in between at all different it's price kind of like a porsche adult porsche uh toys r us toy guide Remember exactly those? oh yeah absolutely yeah. i would flip the page and pick my favorite from search all the stuff that your parents would never get you but you would hope <laughs> so while you're thinking about it well, i like the uh, i already know what I, I i saw already is the um that rc car the 110 scale the GT3. I was going to ask you, does that come assembled or do I got to no. paint it and everything? No. So that is a Tamiya 110 um, remote control vehicle that you assemble yourself. And I actually, 
I put my name on the list. Uh, I, I know it's on this thing. Robert's going through, and I know I saw it. Yeah, it's on there. It's right. the the blue uh, GT3 uh, our, uh, remote control Tamiya or Tamiya, however you say it. Anyways, it's a it's a it's a model that you build yourself. It's on a TAO2 chassis, and I got my name on the list early on, a couple months ago. Oh my God! You remote control cars? We need allocations for. Uh- <laughs> Well, I, I I did just in case. What's the waiting list? A year? <laughs> just in case. Actually, I waited like three months to get it. Like I knew it, it came out, but then by the time I it actually landed at my house, so like one ten scale is pretty big. That's typical. Yeah, I guess, that's what a typical I'm used to seeing uh, your RC car. car. Yep. So you got to paint the body. You have to paint the body. You have to assemble everything. It's a great kit. And I, Does and anyone I, sell pre-painted bodies online? Um, yes, yes. And there's, there it is there right it there. Is, yeah. Uh, for 125 that bucks. That seemed like a heck of a deal. Yeah, it is. And it's does a, that include like oh, wheels and the yep, motor it, and everything? It includes everything that you see there. It just doesn't include the, um, the radio controls. So everything that you can build and have it on display. But then if you want it to run, then you have to get the electronics. So now I just got to find someone who, uh, sells the bodies, paint it. Uh, why? It's pretty easy. I can, uh, I can show you. Yeah, how to it's do easy it. for you. Yeah, I, can, I have I can zero help you patience. With it. <laughs> so my hopes is, um, uh, like a ding dong. I bought, uh, I bought two of them because one I'm going to keep in a box and one I'm going to build. And I was hoping Damon could help me with. I'm going to do a time lapse build of that car sometime in December and then share with people. It's really cool because you build everything from the shocks to the gears. You build, you put together the rims and tires, and yeah, it's awesome for 125 bucks. I want to do like. European delivery. It's the cars all built. That's already built. So they do. They don't sell that particular car yet, but they do sell 110 scale remote control cars, uh, mostly by like Traxxas and, and other RC companies. And that's called RTR, ready to run. So you uh, just open it up. I, I saw the $839 vacuum in and I thought for $839, that thing better vacuum itself. <laughs> <laughs> it should be like a little... Uh, uh, what's the ones I got called in, so, in my house? The, so uh, that's remote? the that's the Metrovac, Supervac, and Blaster. So that does both. That's vacuuming and blower. Now I don't have the eight hundred and thirty some dollar version. I just have the blower. And when you turn the blower, do you got to make sure your bag's empty? Uh, when I turn the blower, oh, mine only mine only has a blower. Uh, I don't well, have this the is both. This right? is this is both. That's what I'm wondering. So do you make make sure your bag's empty, or can you? Because uh, that would be a Pretty yeah. ugly sight if you shoot yeah. out everything. No, no, yeah, of course. I'm sure it's designed so it doesn't do that. But but what I'm getting at is the the smaller version that's just the blower version, I use all the time because I can just open the doors to my car and stand on one side with this, you know, four horsepower. Oh no, it's actually eight horsepower total blower. And it just blows all the crap from the floors, the seats, the dash, all out the other side of the car and it looks like you vacuumed but you just blew it out the door wait a minute you're 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 instead of vacuuming you're just blowing the stuff across the car out the door yep yep we're gonna do an inspection <laughs> of your car because that does not sound correct absolutely no it, it, the stuff is going to because you've got seats and you got stuff in between the it, one side of the car go, and the other. It, so what i do is i blow everything like towards the floor and then I just blow. What it do out. you think? You're God. You can control the. Uh, okay. You act like we, you're creating we a do cyclone. A, if, if you, yes, we're we will going do. To... We'll do a video of this, and you're gonna you're gonna be amazed. Just like that. Uh, the no. What is it? The um, the water thing that we got back there, where it doesn't uh, spot. You didn't yeah. believe in that. <laughs> yeah, but that was a whole product. This is your own invention. <laughs> that the way you do it. Does Metro sure, encourage this? I'm sure there's folks listening that 
do what I do. And why don't you tell Manny it does, in fact, work? You just blow all the crap in your car out the other side. It does. You'll see. <laughs> in fact, I, we have a blower here. Let's let's pull your Z3 around because I'm sure it's not clean inside. And I'll just blow the crap out of it. <laughs> but see, what I'm asking, though, is the crap that you think that's going out. Some of it's got to be getting stuck in the seat rails underneath the seat. It's, it looks clean. All I can say, I mean, I, I, I probably wouldn't do that for a Concorde prep, but for a daily driver, it looks absolutely clean. It gets all the leaves and rubble. You, your last eye test was win. <laughs> all right, fine. All right, so for me, um, the the item that I chose, and it kind of reinforced my love for these things. So, you know, when we do. Um, tours or road trips with with a, a couple of cars i love having a two-way radio in the car instead of just you know calling someone with your phone it's just easier to you know push to talk and have a two-way radio in the car and i you know we have some here at pca and we used um a few of them for unstock which was super helpful um in coordinating the cars and reaching out to manny who was like you know in two buildings across from me um i when we were at sema we went to cobra uh, that's the brand Cobra, and they have these two-way radios now that provide um, range. I think it used to be like a mile, and then when like the five-mile radio radios came out, I thought that was awesome, and I think that's what PCA has. But that's also a line of sight. Yeah, that's also a line of sight. But mile. now these Cobra radios have 37 miles, and of course that's line of sight. But still, I mean, if the five-mile radios are already amazing, can you imagine? the reach you have with a 37 mile two-way radio and you don't have to like they say you don't have to like register that or anything like have that. they improved any on the number one uh, fault of these radios that people mistake where people you land on someone else's channel no you hit the button and you got to wait like a millisecond to start speaking but people hit the button and start speaking immediately um that's just... and all you check is ha <laughs> you hear half their sentence so that's user that's user error you have to train yourself so they to haven't that. fixed that part yet. you know i don't know i i'd i'd like to uh get a set from cobra to try it out because i think that's really cool and they're not that how much was that was that robert 37 I think. 37 bucks for 37 oh no, oh, oh sorry 137 mile that's 37 mile 120 dollar I think that's for a pair, though. I don't think that's for one of them. Anyways, so I, that that was my pick. Um, also, if you're shopping, if you haven't seen already, together with Porsche Design, we put together an amazing collection of items. They do this every year for us. It's just an, um, you know a handful of items that we. Who, who selects this uh, merchandise? Do you uh, do it or Porsche Design puts it together, and they just you know obviously just kind of gets us to sign off on it. You know, they're they are the you know, clothing and brand experts. Like I'm not going to try to pretend like I can be a fashion designer. So really, so they, we just let them do it. And, um, it's been out for about a week and it's uh, going pretty well. Yeah. So obviously a lot of club Lau being used and, um, Oh, here's what I have for Don't we you. Don't have the stuff here though yet? Uh, no, not yet. What's Pug Don doing a photo shoot for? Oh, 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 you mean, um, do we have this stuff here? Yeah. Yeah, Bogdan got some stuff okay, um, so I thought he was to, doing a photo to, to shoot do a photo today. shoot. So um, we talked about the the origins of Club Blau. And you let me say, you said you would bet your car uh, that you knew how we came to Club Blau, right? You said it was a shade Acid darker blue. than Acid Blue. And you said you would bet your yeah. car on it. Are you still confident that you would bet your car on it? Because I phoned a friend. What friend did you phone? I phoned a friend. Are you confident that yes. Acid Blue, yes. a shade darker, 
Robert, would you throw up on the screen? Hi, Vu. This is from Boris Appenbrink from Paint to Sample uh, Guru, Porsche exclusive. I emailed him and I said, uh, which blue was it that we took it a shade darker to create uh, Club Blau? He responded, hi, Vu. That was acid blue. I read often that people say voodoo, but that's wrong. Hope you're better. Take well. And uh, <laughs> so you're correct. I, I, some things you, I remember. You, you do have like, you do have like that steel trap of a mind for like factoids. I remember they said we're going to make it three to four shades darker. Yeah. But it was acid blue. Acid blue. Uh, and it turned out that I always tell the story. It was you, me, and Karen, Karen. Cooper, the incoming president, who all picked the same color without knowing, having a choice. I think we had three blues we could pick from and we all picked acid blue. So you get to keep your car. You're right, my friend. <laughs> I'm glad it, I did not take that bet. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's, um, let's remind people, if you don't uh, mind, Robert, uh, about uh, signing up for newsletters and such. So if you don't uh, get e-break news Tuesday nights, you don't get Mark Fresh news or performance news, head over to PCA.org and get signed up. It's all free, and uh, we'd love to have you on the roster. All right. Let's talk about... Uh, depreciation. Um, this article you this, found. About. This article that came to me, the number one car to depreciate. The king of depreciation. Five, the king of depreciation in what? And after five years or no, five years? Yeah, average five year. An, a, an average of five years, this is the king of depreciation, losing Ninety thousand dollars, sixty-four, almost sixty-five percent of its value. Sixty-five <laughs> percent of its value, ninety thousand dollars of its value in five years, and the winner is. I wasn't surprised, huh? The Maserati, the Maserati, the Maserati Quattroporti. I've always been impressed by that car. I don't think I've ever wanted. Oh to. yeah, they're beautiful cars. They're beautiful and they sound amazing, but I had no idea. Panameras are beautiful cars, but they were before. Before everything went topsy turvy, the pandemic and the pricing, yeah. uh, Panameras that would get hit also. So, why do you think? Uh, do you think it's the maintenance of those cars, or why? Why so? Much I'm sure. I mean, I would think uh, that's number one fear. It's kind of electric cars also are taking a hit. Yeah, Taycans are taking a hit. Yeah, um, because uh, it's a lot with technology, um, first year issues or first uh, gen issues. Um, well, Maserati, they don't exactly have the best reputation. Uh, even me, though they're powered by Ferrari, that's um, still it's like Fiat almost. You know, people still remember yeah. uh, their past, and I really think that's what affects their. Uh, but is it perception, value. or is are they actually like unreliable? So to well, me, I worry about because it's Ferrari powered. I feel like I feel like you still have Ferrari maintenance costs, sure. but you don't own a Ferrari. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I guess, and, and a lot of things watches are that way, right? With Tudor, is made by Rolex, but yeah. um, some people say it's not a real Rolex, and right? Whatnot. Um, I would say uh, <clears throat> I probably fact uh, a, a factor of things. Mm. It's a four door, it's not a two door, so that yeah, it's going to start taking a hit because you look at the second one is a seven series. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Seven series and S classes. And think also... about seven series. How much tech stuff is on a seven? So series? much. So much. You just don't want to own that car out of warranty. Yeah, that's what everyone tells you is that uh, make sure you have a warranty on it. Uh. So so we're going down the quick list in case you're not uh, watching on YouTube. So the Maserati Quattroporte loses about 65%. The BMW 7 Series about 62%. Then Maserati Ghibli also about 61%. 
back to BMWs. Number four is a BMW 5 Series Hybrid at at 58.8. Cadillac Escalade at 58.5. Number six, BMW X5 at 58.2. Man, to be at to have three vehicles, BMW, and then two vehicles, Majore, at the top of the highest depreciation list. That's I wonder how many of these good. are leased through companies. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like written off. So let's go to the flip side. If you go to um the cars with the lowest depreciation, uh, we should be very proud. Number one, the least depreciation after five years, the Porsche 911 at 9.3%. And then number two, the Porsche 718 Cayman at 17.6. And then the Boxster, interestingly, is further down the list. It is. It's uh, number 12. Yeah. 25%. uh, 25%. I think, I think that's probably because with a movable top, maybe there's some sort of perception or I don't know. Um, and I think maybe sales and, 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 and availability. There's probably more boxers than uh, Cayman. No, that's true. That's true. So, you know, uh, we say this all the time. Don't necessarily buy your Porsche for an investment, but it's kind of cool to see um, three models uh, at the top 20 list. And, and for 911s, it hasn't always been this way because 911s used to take a hit too. Yeah. yeah. Not as bad as uh, like a four-door car, but... You know, if you were willing to uh, buy a two or three year old nine eleven, you were getting a heck of a deal. Now it isn't so much. No, no. Uh, but back, you know, you used to be able to get a uh, two or three year old nine eleven, nicely equipped for a substantial savings. Um, but that gap over the past ten years has gotten smaller and smaller, especially when uh, the market started opening up around the world and people had the money to buy these cars. And Porsche wasn't making as many as the worldwide demand. Um, yeah, and you know. Uh, I guess what this doesn't take into account is some of the special editions, because I'm sure if you bought a five-year-old GT3, you know, it's worth more today than you probably bought it five years ago. Could be, yeah. Yeah, right. So, anyway, it's very cool stuff. Hopefully, uh, you learned a little bit there. Um, But, you know, it's not all sunshine and unicorns, because there are models, as you said. Um, The four-doors can sometimes take a hit. But what we're seeing now is the Taycans, uh, maybe because it's their, you know, sort of um, entry in, into the market. But they're seeing, we, we, we've seen depreciation as much as 50% for a car that's three-year-old with 18,000 miles, um, a Taycan 4S with 30,000 miles come low as 70 thousand dollars to me become starts becoming a very attractive proposition uh to get into a tycon in the used market so it's interesting unlike uh, ga- gas powered cars ice cars it isn't like well what kind of engine problems did he have that have ims you know what was yeah it's not them you don't hear anything about electric motors going up it's no. all battery battery and software so the batteries are the big uh question mark of buying a used Taycan is how much longer do I have on the batteries before I got to replace those? Because right. now the battery replacement, that's like an engine replacement. That's right. Huge. It's like what's that game we used to play as a kid, like hot potato. Like yeah. You don't you don't want to be the kid that ends up with the hot potato and having to replace that. And battery. then above and beyond that, I heard somebody compare them to an iPhone, and I thought that was a pretty good analogy mm-hmm. uh, because uh, you know iPhone technology changes pretty quickly mm-hmm. and of course the batteries don't hold as much as they used to and you can feel it and you're like yeah it's time for a new uh new phone and 
electric cars. I hope they don't become like that, like an appliance where people just chuck them and move move on. Well, and you know, the value of an iPhone just drops uh, so, so a, badly. A lot of my friends and family are considering electric cars, from Teslas to Hyundai's to um, Taycans, and I gotta say, not until recently, recently did those conversations include should I lease it? And literally last night at dinner, my my sister-in-law, who unfortunately got rear-ended and it looks like her car is going to be totaled, she's considering a car, an electric car, and she's like, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll lease it because, I'm, she's, because of what you just said. She's like, I'm not so sure, you know, with the battery and the software, like it's a car that I'm going to keep forever and would I be better, better off just leasing it? And, and technology-wise, there's still so many... Um questions uh, like porsche will, will they come out with a solid state battery mm-hmm. and what does that do to the value of the ones that are regular yeah. lithium ion batteries yeah. um yeah there's so much uh it, it's uh the batteries are the big uh, to me the big the determining factor because it's unlike the uh, i love everything about electric cars and i lord i really want to see them succeed yeah um but we're still in the infancy and uh there's still a lot of questions to be answered um but the value i mean that's a Big pill to swallow, spending a hundred thousand on a car that yeah may lose. Well, I think uh, some of the good news of is the the earlier batteries where it was like a replace all or nothing. Some of the more recent batteries that are coming out, you can actually drop the battery and replace like a bad cell, which I think that's a that's a huge thing um, where you're not replacing the whole thing, but just a portion. It still costs a lot of money. It still costs not, a lot of money, but it's not. You're not as picking much. up a couple. Uh, D batteries and sticking it in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh. So you know what problems. I came across um, on YouTube that I thought was pretty cool? So we did a video, and we've talked about dry ice cleaning. I think we did a video at uh, uh, at Speed Motors with Bob Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys were dry icing a 914 or something like that. Or maybe I did that video. Anyways. Um, but we had pr- Project 964 dry ice. Okay. So it's a, it's a pretty cool technology taking... Um, dry ice and blasting it to clean the surface of the vehicle but have you heard of this laser cleaning no you never heard of this check this out so it's like a handheld laser that you can control the frequency of the laser where when it hits the metal the metal um it, it stops at the metal but then anything that is above the metal the laser just sort of just disintegrates it um i wonder if we can tell the difference between skin uh there's got to be something i see i see him wearing gloves that would be an insurance nightmare (laughs) i see him wearing some serious gloves uh and also what's i think is different with this as opposed to dry ice is dry ice i think you can pretty much throw it on on anything from rubber pieces to plastic pieces this guy was really focused on just shooting the laser onto metal uh, and also, with dry ice, everything gets cold, but it doesn't really disturb the metal. Whereas he says, because you're using laser, you can't stop and like, you know, because uh, it will heat. Up. It's laser, so it will heat up. That is and it would be the cleanest liquor. In the world. <laughs> so it it, uh, it can deform uh, metal if you like sit there on one spot. But you can change the frequency and you can change the intensity. To clean things as uh, thin as aluminum, but if you watch this video, of 
of course, of those of you that, you know, just do laser, laser uh, cleaning and on YouTube and you'll come up with a number of videos. And this happens to be a guy restoring, I don't know why, but he's restoring a Le Car. Uh, if you don't know what a Le Car is, it's a French car that really doesn't, re- really shouldn't be restored. It has three bolt wheels. That, that says all of it. Yeah. All right there, three bolt but wheels. But isn't that cool though? You've never seen that, right? No, I've never seen yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm wondering if uh, detail shops, um, it's got to be a country outside the United States because I just see the uh, attorneys all over. The, uh, but I, th- I think it is. I think I spoke to the guys at uh, Polish to Perfection that does uh, dry ice. They are either getting one of those machines or they have one of those machines, and hopefully we can. Um, I won't say play, but I, hopefully we can come see how it's done because it seems pretty darn amazing. Again, the focus of this laser cleaning machine is just on metal how long will it be for somebody try to take off a tattoo with that oh gosh i think they already do that i think <laughs> i think tattoos are removed yeah they are right so yeah. i don't think with that tool though <laughs> not with that tool so i thought that was pretty cool all right let's um damon unfortunately is not here he's uh taking a, a jump at uh his holiday vacation so hopefully he's traveling safe out there but uh Two videos that dropped recently, the 83. I thought we talked about this one, the Turbo Look Cabriolet. I think he talked about, uh, didn't he talk about? Uh... I think he did. But if you haven't watched it, it's a very cool. It's a pre-production uh, Turbo Look Cabriolet, a uh, 1983 that was specced by Peter Schutz, uh, president and CEO of Porsche back in the 80s. You know what he came out with? Uh, I think when I did my runner show, since we were doing it on a Monday, I was doing it before he came out with the... Uh, 50th anniversary ah, okay. 9-11 is the one that uh, he just came out with. Um, I believe that's the new one. Yep, uh, that is correct. Where he drives the 50th anniversary 9-11, which was uh, 2013 uh, 9-9-1. Beautiful cars. Um, it was, it's the one that came in two color choices. Mm-hmm. I think we uh, debuted it at the Traverse City Parade, I remember. They uh, brought that's it right. out to us. And it was uh, 1,963 models, and they were sold out almost immediately. And they still uh, hold a lot of their value for the premium they were asking because it came with so many things standard, including that interior that was just out of this world. That, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, that car was the first car to reintroduce the Fuchs look into a modern modern wheel. So the first car to do that was the uh, cla- not the classic, the club green, coupe, the, club the green coupe, club the Brewster coupe. Worldwide yep. Club Coupe, right? Um, but there was that, like twelve of those. Yeah, and then it was, uh, and this the, was the first the, mainstream yeah, one, fiftieth anniversary. Then we asked Porsche to uh, to uh, let us use the uh, that wheel again in the uh, Club Coupe. Yeah, and that car also has my favorite pattern on the interior, which is <laughs> is it Pasha? No, no it's, it's, it's uh, Pepita. 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 Yeah. yeah. Pepita Houndstooth. Pasha, that's checkered right. flag pattern. Yeah. And it's got like a mocha, almost brownish gray uh, interior. Beautiful car. And you don't see many of them. When you do see them, you definitely know that they're special rides. Um, speaking of special, we are doing some promos on a all comprehensive. Uh, I mean, this should have been. This should this should have been premiered at movie theaters. It's going to be that crazy level of detail, and that's Nathan Murr's nine nine three video. Anything and everything you want to learn. Yes, it is. Uh, even if you're not looking to buy nine nine three and you want to learn, you want to do well in your next tech quiz for uh, Porsche tech quiz. This is the video to watch because there's stuff I learned 
Um, uh, he gets right into the nitty gritty of even with the uh, the finishing on the rocker panels and and the front spoiler how different in some years and what material they used. It, it's uh, very very uh, comprehensive. It's two hours long. It's not a uh, not a short fifteen minute uh, video, um, and you can watch it. I think we got it broken into chapters, uh, depending which one you wanna, what year you wanna look at, or or what models. Um, and then we're gonna have Nathan on uh, no, uh, December fifth, I believe it is, um, the Wednesday, on Tech Tactics Live, and he is going to be uh, answering not just questions about this video, but any of his um, videos he's done, buyer guide videos. So. Cool. You have questions about the uh, other cars he's done, like the 3.2, the SC. Um, get, them, get them ready because he will uh, yeah. be able to answer it for you. One of the greatest things about Nathan is you can ask him pretty much about anything Porsche-related, and uh, he's just got a vast amount of knowledge. So you we're going to do that for Tech Tactics Live, but we're going to continue sort of that theme uh, at Treffin at Sea with the seminars that we're having on the cruise where we're going to have an open mic seminar so to speak with him where the people on the cruise can ask him about this video or just Porsche general questions so um it's it's gonna be pretty cool the difference there is the audience is probably gonna be intoxicated most of them <laughs> they are not getting their 16, at, 16 daily they drinks. have they have the option to drink but most <laughs> most of our members don't um they're pretty well, why do you go on a cruise then? Not, not, not just, like they drive anywhere. Yeah, but you don't need to drink. What was it, 16? Well, the capacity. 16. 16 the capacity. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Let's talk a little bit um, in the news. You've got you've got a lot, actually, um, here for this week. So let's start off with the 963. So uh, Porsche is uh, cutting back production, not because they want to, but because of supply issues. Um so they're a little bit uh, behind their uh, their plan. So to, to get the, the big takeaway from this is that the other manufacturers have not yet sold customer car versions of their cars. Porsche did it all in this first year of their car, which is pretty admirable. They have now customer teams racing. Um, and, of course, people are in line to buy this car to race it uh, as a customer. And they can't get the parts, all the parts to be able to build these. So um, they're going to slow down production and just try to fill the orders they have so they're not taking any more orders mm. for next year um and so they can supply because there's a lot of teams that only have one car but we want to have two cars a two-car team and uh they, they're going to try to fill that out for 2024 um that's i guess it's a good thing this is what their overall plan was to mimic the 956 962 which is a big customer uh, based race car uh, they're going to try to replicate now with the 963. Um, it'll be interesting to see when the other teams come out with their customer cars. It's pretty crazy to think sort of the mode in which Porsche is in that they have customer customer demand such as this. They're they're still growing fiercely, and I think that leads into our our next discussion, um, which is uh, Porsche production in Zuffenhausen. And if you haven't been to Zuffenhausen Stuttgart in a while you will notice that there's just constant construction around the factory. And Which is a little footprint. It is in tiny. In the big scheme of things, it's a very tiny footprint. This is the original factory right after the uh, war when they went from uh, Gamund, Austria, to the uh, converted sawmill uh, back to Stuttgart to build their cars. So it's um, they try to squeeze everything in this little footprint. 
and they're starting to convert now the main factory. If you've ever been there, you know which one I'm talking about, the one where they built the sports cars, into also building the upcoming uh, uh, Boxster Cayman um, EV platform alongside the gas engines. Yeah, that's, that's going uh, to be crazy. And you can see the influence of the production line from the what I would say almost brand new Tycon line, which is state-of-the-art. Right now you can go you know, and tour these factories and you can see sort of the old school way that cars are made uh, with the ice um, ice versions. I, I saw where it said automated guided vehicle. Yes. And I groaned because I'm like, ugh, something I don't want is a self-driving Porsche. Uh, but it's not a self-driving Porsche. No, it's no, It's the no. Uh, actual assembly. There's, you've seen the old, uh, the picture that a lot of factories have, which is basically a conveyor belt. Right. Or something hangs from above and it's a chain driven and it goes to each station. Um, these are going to sit on individual platforms, and they're the smart ones, like robots. Yep. And they're going to go to the stations that need them. And they already use a ton of these smaller robots to carry parts. Yep. And if you've ever toured a factory, you've seen them. They're not on uh, chains or on any kind of uh, they're uh, super treadmill. Smart. They're all uh, driven by themselves. And if you stand in front of it, it'll start beeping loud to tell you to get out of the way because it knows to what station, to who they're going to drop these parts off. So now the whole car is going to... Uh, yeah, and so with these AGVs, uh, production efficiency obviously increases because you don't have something that has to get pulled off the line. These little AGVs, they're not connected. They they run in a um, in a line, but if they need to pull that car off to the side for, let's say, a part or a defect or something like that, it just simply slides to one side. Yep. Production continues to go, and the, the computer systems, you know, they keep track of where that one that's left off, and then they can when they're ready insert it back into the line and keep on moving it's amazing i, I applaud them that they're going to continue making the ice version of the uh the boxer came in uh before they go full electric uh but they've managed to also start converting over to factory to when they eventually do go full electric it'll be all set up yep to uh to be able to do that absolutely next up uh, from porsche we have a, a story of 12 candidates um from as young as their late teens to early twenties, the Porsche Motorsports Junior Shootout. Yeah, and I guess we're uh, we're rooting for Raleigh Dickinson from the U.S., who won the uh, the North American Carrera Cup Series this year. Um, unfortunately, he, we weren't able to interview him at the uh, PCA tent in Rensport. I was really looking forward to that, uh, but I think uh, the uh, Hurley Haywood uh, Patrick Dempsey interview bumped him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, um, yeah, Riley was just a force to be reckoned with this year in the Career Cup. He uh, he was just total dominant. But now he's going to go up against uh, the Riley Dickinsons of the other countries, right? Right. And to see who becomes the uh, Porsche Junior and moves up and eventually becomes a factory full fledged driver, um, which obviously is not easy to do. Oh, talking but, about young drivers, and you didn't put this on your list, but is that what's that movie that's supposed to come out shortly where they take like a bunch of young gamers? And I think it has it's more that, aligned with Nissan. a story Nissan. about the uh, Nissan, one right? Nissan, wasn't it? Right, right. Yeah. Is that I think out? it's out already. Is it out already? I haven't seen it yet, or I haven't seen anything about yeah, I think it. I it's supposed to be the true story of how Nissan did something similar, but all online with mm -hmm. the uh, gamers and apply them into the apply the uh, game. Yeah, because I, if you follow motorsports, you remember a couple of years ago he drove um, the Nissan at Le Mans. Mm. I think it was Le Mans and uh, Grand Turismo. Thank you, Robert. Yeah, you should know that. I know. I should. I should. It's along the Fast and Furious. It uh, is. It is. So, Robert, do you know is that movie out yet? 
I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw it. Uh, or did it go straight to Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I would have watched it on Netflix. Yeah. It, uh, it, it is, is out, Robert oh, okay. says. So. Huh. I haven't heard much about it. I guess it's not very good. <laughs> All right. Another uh, American uh, in racing that uh, you highlighted here. Um the road to Le Mans, and I've seen this on my YouTube feed. Yes, uh, if you've never seen any of these series, they have. I watch them all on YouTube. Um, Michael Fassbender, of course, is a uh, well-known actor, especially you watch the X Men. Um, and uh, what I liked about this was, uh, boy, this guy—I I don't know if I could be able to do this with the camera on me. Uh, racing's tough enough; you really got to get your head in the game. But to have a camera following you around, if you're all your highs and your many lows. And he had quite a few lows, and to his credit, I mean, it's very genuine, um, the frustration he has when he crashes, when he doesn't do well, and, uh, you know, it's, I haven't watched this new one here, it's my, my Thanksgiving uh, weekend plan is to be able to uh, sit down and just enjoy uh, watching this, but. Some yeah. of those scenes, he looks like a beaten man. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's got to be frustrating, because he's racing with, uh, you know, these pro drivers from Porsche, just like we talked about how hard it is to become a factory driver. And he feels like he's letting them down because yeah. he's a weak link in this team. Oh. Uh, and, but the factory drivers are there really to bring him up and they're telling him, Hey, you're doing great. You know, don't let it get to your head. Um, and, and cause this isn't his full-time job. He's an actor yeah. and to be able to pull both off. And this is, uh, quite admirable. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how he, how, how he does. It's, uh, it was, Kind of like we enjoyed watching Patrick Dempsey when he did his Le Mans documentary. Right. Which right. was something similar where, you know, they're not racing for overall. They're racing for class wins and a 911. Um, but they're racing against other professionals and other cars. And yeah, it's, um, if you haven't watched it, uh, uh take some time out and take I a peek. Am, can I download it? Is it, uh, it's on YouTube. So yeah, I guess you can download and watch it when you go to Europe. Okay. Uh, speaking of 9-11s and on the track, you sent a link earlier today for the Monti uh, 9-11, 9-9-2, and it's almost like it's got airplane arrow on it. It looks like it's uh, LMP arrow. Uh, yeah. If you've seen the uh, LMP cars, you know it has the uh, that, um, that center fin. What's it called? The, uh, I guess, vertical yeah. fin on it. Um, yeah. So that car... So what Monti is famous for is not necessarily boosting up engines and making them a hundred more horsepower to get them around the Nürburgring faster. What they're known for is really suspension and aero. And I think that's still the case with this car, right? Like the engine is fairly stock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they were at the Nürburgring, right? Yeah. So that's their, uh, that's their, um, backyard, backyard. And and what a testing center. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I always said that when we interviewed him, and hopefully that that video comes out soon um, at the Rensport. It's um, they seem to do stuff that Porsche wishes they could do, even mm-hmm. though Porsche owns I think fifty one percent of them, right. the majority of them. Um, but it, they get to do it under the Monti name, and maybe this is what the RS they wanted to do, and they couldn't get approval, but Monti can do it. So, what are the things that they that you can see on the car? I think I saw arrow. Arrow wheels, you saw, um, because it is disguised a bit, but you can't not see that that center arrow on on the back window or yeah, the back they window. call it a, a a central stabilizer. Central stabilizer. So that's probably for straight line stability. I'm, I'm yes. assuming. Yeah. 
and then it's got a monster wing well above the uh, the roof line that's probably active and big side plates and yeah, custom engine cover um everything's custom brake pads even brake lines have been upgraded so who will i mean is this just a test car or is this car something that will be available at some point oh it's got to be something they're going to make available to uh to race to teams customers. or to an individual no to the customers really yeah. you think but not not a street car oh, why not a street car with a fin like that well look they have we have street cars with wings like that <laughs> i guess that's true but i've never seen a street car with a center well remember so if you look at the rs in practical terms all that downforce is at top speed yeah that amazing almost 2000 with the pounds of downforce uh, that's at top speed so why not have a safe stabilizer <laughs> Guarantee we see these all over the place in uh, really next year. Wow, that's crazy. And this is this is still with a normally aspirated power plant. At some I just like to be in their meetings when the first guy says, "I got an idea," <laughs> <laughs> and their wheels and I mean, there's so much on that package. That's crazy. And you can see they also have, um, you know, we saw what was it with the um, the concept the concept Porsche. I forgot the name Mission X. Where they had the little cheetah on the side of it, was it Mission X? Not Mission X. Little cheetah. I think it was. Yeah, there's a little cheetah on the side. Uh, if you look on the fender of this car, there's like a little like dog or something on the front fender on the driver's side. There you go. There's, oh, a, there's a little yeah. doggy with a helmet. Oh, good eyes. <laughs> they do. They do kind of cool stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you haven't seen this? Uh, I would Google it. The Monti uh, RS. It's the uh, MR. Uh, of course, they use the MR designation when it's uh, Monti been racing. blessed by Monti Racing. Monti Racing. That's pretty cool. I don't know that I've. Have you driven a Monti car? Our car was no. Monti. We the the one we saw recently was what at Sports Car Together Fest when they had the blue one kind of leading the parade. And so stuff. that was the one they were going to bring into the U.S. market. They were telling us, which they did. Yeah. And at uh, at um, Rensport. We brought one into the tent when we did the interview mm. of Monti Racing. It belonged to a customer. Um, so, I, I no, I've never even ridden one or sat in one. I would yeah. love to, uh, yes, given the opportunity to drive one. All right. All right. So, let's get into some PCA events. We've got uh, the Treffen Wine Country. I hope we can open that up there. Um, man, that's going to be, you know, our, our Treffen events are typically sell out and uh, i hate to talk too much about it because there's going to be a lot of people that will unfortunately be disappointed because it's so hard to get into but all i can say is make sure that you stay on pca.org or uh, follow the treffin site or watch ebreak news for when registration opens i think it announces here when registration opens i think it's in january maybe uh January 10th. 10th. So put that on your calendar. So it's, you know, Treffen is our, what is, you know, four plus star event. Typically it's couples. This will be in the wine country, Napa, Sonoma Valley in nor uh, Northern California. It's, it's everything that you think it's going to be, you know, beautiful sites, beautiful food tied in with wine, gorgeous roads. Um, yeah, if this doesn't sell out in minutes, I would be surprised. So again, mark your calendars for that. Um, I'll, I'm going to make yeah. a challenge to see what sells out quicker. 
excuse me, uh, Treffen Wine Country in the spring, or the Treffen that was just announced in the fall, which is in the northeast. In the northeast, yes. Uh, I'm gonna say the northeast one, just because I think there's a we haven't been there in a while, and there's just a lot of demand, and also there's a lot of PCA members. And the Northeast in the fall is probably the, one of the most beautiful experiences you can have. So my region, Chesapeake, is already, uh, they're all going crazy about this when this announcement was made. And it's an eight-hour drive. So it's kind of treffing within the treffing because yeah. <laughs> it'll take probably two days to get up there. Uh, Sunday, much like the wine country one we're talking about, this is Sunday through Thursday. So a little bit change where normally it was a uh, Thursday, 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 Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the beginning of the week, so like you said, it should be less traffic. It's an interesting change uh, for days. I think it will work to its advantage because, one, those days are probably less uh, of a demand uh, tourist-wise, and you can get on maybe some of the tours and get into venues without your typical weekend crowd. I think it will work in its favor. So it'd be interesting. It's, you know, it's first go. Uh, with that that sort of schedule, uh, a lot of people that do go are happen to be retired too. So it, I think they're less affected by what day the the event is held. So well, should be interesting. Uh, I was in the or I went to the Treffen in Vermont. That was also a fall Treffen, and it it also sold out quickly because, like I said, the you know having a driving tour, having an event in the Northeast in the fall. Right around when uh, colors turn, the weather is, you know, just about perfect around that time. So of the year. dates for that is uh, September 29th through October 3rd, Sunday through Thursday. It's uh, the headquarters going to be uh, uh, Mount Washington. Um, that's actually the headquarters of the Omni, the Omni Mount yeah. Washington Resort yeah. in New Hampshire. Um, yeah. Uh, like I said, my region is going crazy. So if you figure my region, which is eight hours away, is going crazy, that means everyone from eight hours radius. closer yeah. radius yeah. is uh, going to be going crazy for it too. So and there are some big regions in that radius, and we can't take everyone that wants to come. Yes, and so, please yeah. don't be mad. The you know there is, there are limited spaces due to the number of rooms in the hotels, and it's not that we keep them small because we want to keep people out. We keep them small. So that the quality of the event um, is on par with what you're expecting. So um, if you want to go to any of these, again, mark your calendars. Make sure you're on your computer um, You know, at the time of opening. Uh, I suggest you look at all the options that, are, um, that you need to make uh, during registration. Look at those options and kind of decide them before registration opens. So that way, when registration opens, you hop on. You choose the things that you want and you, you know, finish the registration and hop off quickly to lock in your place. So that's a little PCA insider tip there. So for let's those. see what sells out quicker, West Coast or East Coast? Huh, that's my challenge. See if the West Coast can show the East Coast how things sell. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think they will both sell out just because they're incredible uh, locations and venues. But I'm going to put my money on the East Coast. But they'll both they'll both sell out. 
So let's see, we're also getting very close to Trefinet Sea. I mentioned it earlier, December 9th, we will be going to the Western Caribbean. I think uh, by the time you listen to this, we may be down to the last few rooms. If you're interested, come along. We have um, you know, 800 PCA members on uh, the cruise. That's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great seminars, and uh, hope to see you there. So with that, anything else you got for our listeners, Manny? Nope, I guess when you get back, you get to tell us about the International Presidents Meeting. Yeah, so they haven't had an International Presidents Meeting uh, for several years now, and what they do is they invite the clubs around the world, um, the uh, executive councils and, and members of all those clubs to come together to sort of um, you know share share their toolbox and, and how to keep a club running, the, some successes, some failures, um, and just the camaraderie to bring them all together and be with the club coordination group from PAG and uh, should be a good time. I will definitely take lots of photos and make some notes and hopefully if there's some interesting machinery that we might be um, exposed to I'll try to take some videos and social media and share back with you all so uh, I do want to say uh, also again if you're interested in a PCA insider decal just let us know put a comment on well actually you know, email us oh well, yeah just email us yeah. simply letting us know youtube yeah. is going to get you a, a yeah. decal because we don't know where you are or who you are yeah so if you if you did leave a comment earlier what i did was i replied with just send an email to us at podcast at pca.org again that email is podcast at pca.org and we'll send you a inside decal as well as an outside decal of the new pca insider um, decal all right with that, um, thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Be sure to have your VIN handy and uh, sign up. If you are looking for your Porsche, we have the test drive program. Just go to PCA.org and uh, we'll open some resources for you for a small fee and uh, help you find that perfect Porsche for your driveway. We also have the PCA Sim Racing program. If you haven't checked that out, go to PCA Sim Racing dot org uh, some real cool races and lifelike uh, races going on and we can teach you how to you know now that it's getting cold here in maryland and uh, temperatures are dropping not not so much racing or de's going on you can kill some time over the holiday holidays by trying out sim racing remember to follow our podcast instagram page behind the scenes photos and videos Porsche Club Insider, all one word. You can send us a message there at podcast at PCA.org. And of course, we always love seeing your comments on YouTube. Continue to like, comment, and subscribe. So with that, until next time, stay safe, and we'll catch you down the road.